I want to look at just two reactions or responses to seeing Jesus, something that was put on my heart and I just wanted to share to share what God kind of opened up to me. I want to just say that there's only two responses to being present in God's presence in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 8, we read a story at the very end of Matthew chapter 8 when Jesus heals two men that were possessed, demon-possessed. And then these, these demons asked to go into the herd of the pigs. The herd of the pigs then drowned and the people came. And we read in verse 34, And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they glorified God. No, my translation does not say that. Okay, maybe maybe yours is a little bit different. Behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they fell on their knees and repented and begged him to stay. No, my translation also doesn't say that. And the word of God does not say that. If yours says anything else besides what I'm about to read, the general idea, then you need to get a new translation. When they saw him, it says, they begged him to leave the region. This is the sad truth. And the first part does sound good. If I didn't tell you the second part, then the first part sounds good. They said he came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, and you can finish the rest. Wanting to see Jesus seems like a good intention, doesn't it? Who doesn't want to see Jesus? Who doesn't want to see his miracles, his power? But the second part says a saddening truth that we must accept and something that we must learn from. That the people, when they came to meet Jesus, they did not fall on their knees. They did not repent. They did not glorify him. They begged him to leave the region. They didn't even suggest or ask Jesus, hey, you want to leave? You want to go out? Can you please leave this place? No, it says they begged him. They urged him to leave. And so here we see the first type of response to seeing Jesus. It's to run away from the presence of God. It's to say, and I'm going to just say with my own words, sorry, Jesus, but I want you in my life. I want to be my own boss. I want to be my own God. Get out of my life. I just want to live the way that I want to. I don't need these changes in my life that are coming. I don't need you to bring pain into my life. I don't mind being where I'm at right now, but God, just don't touch me. So that's the first type of response. But I just want to say to that response that Jesus tells us to die to ourselves, to take up our cross, which means ourselves to die for ourselves, to live for God. And when we live for God and to grow in Christ, to grow and to be more alike like Christ, it requires God to discipline us to put us into situations and circumstances to humble us, to change ourselves, to change our thinking, to bring us closer to himself. And so by saying, get out of my life, I don't want to live, that means that's one response. The second response, and there's only two, like I said, is in Luke chapter 8, same story. In verse 38, it says, the man from whom the demons had gone begged him, begged Jesus that he might be with him. 
But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So one side, one group of people beg Jesus to leave. But the man who experienced God's mercy and grace, he begged him to stay. And yes, Jesus, he had to continue to go to preach the gospel to many other people. He couldn't just stay to be with this man. But we see just one truth that I want to focus on is that when we experience God's mercy, it does something to you. It changes you and you want Jesus. So you either watch God move on the sidelines and you maybe judge and you beg him to leave. Possibly your expectations of God are wrong. They're not biblical. Maybe you expected when you came to Christ or when you heard the good news, you expected maybe success, maybe peace, prosperity, that God will lead and I'll have a blessed life. But no, maybe a storm arose in your life and then you begin to doubt God. Or you maybe have experienced it firsthand and you beg him to stay because why? Because you've never experienced anything much more loving, nothing more joyful and fulfilling. And like I said, there's only two responses, either to stay or leave. If God's presence is truly at the place where a sinner is, they only can make two decisions, either to stay and repent and experience his love and forgiveness or to leave, ask him to leave. There's no other option. There's no lukewarm state. There's no middle ground. You can't not stay in God's presence and not be moved. And this is what we need today. Like one brother was saying that we need the manifest presence of God. We need God's presence that would change people's hearts. And then in verse 41, it says, And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come into his house. Another verse, another confirmation of another side, of a good side, of a side that we need to take, is to bake Jesus into our life, to ask Jesus. He doesn't force his way into anybody's life. And there's a guy, he has a problem. He has a circumstance that needs to be dealt with. He doesn't run to somebody. He doesn't run to something. He runs and falls at Jesus' feet and implores him. He asks him to come to his house. And so once again, you either tell Jesus no or yes. I personally, I don't see a middle ground in the Bible. God doesn't see a middle ground. And so if God doesn't see it, then that means there is none. Well, then you might say, well, what about lukewarm Christianity or anything else? Well, I want to say that we create this middle ground. It is with our imagination. It's not biblical. Let's look over our lives. I will look over my life. I ask that you look over your life and see how I have been living before God. Have I been neglecting God's convictions, despising his love and patience? Let's look into our life. Has there been a change in my life? Is it towards God or is it opposite from God? Because like people say, you're either going closer or further. There's no, you can't just stay in a lukewarm state. You're going to grow colder then. If you just remain not reading God's word and praying, you will grow colder. And if things start to rise up in my life, does, does my view of God change? Do I still love and trust him as when everything was doing good? Do I accept these trials and maybe sufferings as from God? 
like Job once said, will we only be accepting good from God and not the bad? I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but I want to really make us think. These circumstances, these trials that come to our, to our lives, do I let these things purify me and rip me apart from myself in this world, or do I complain and resist? So let's humble ourselves and let God be God. Don't resist. Just give up yourself to God. Surrender yourself to God. Whatever he does, believe that it is for the good because that is what he himself said. Let's not ask God why, why me, but ask God to lead you through. Ask God to open the things that we lack and let through all of this let our faith grow. And so let my and your response to God's presence, let it be humility in asking God to stay. Saying, God, I want more of you. And so we would leave him in our hearts that we would let him to stay. And how do we do this? We do this by watching how we live our day-to-day -day life, what we watch, what we listen to, places we go to, people we hang out with. Let us be on guard over our thoughts and our lives and respond to God's presence and God's convictions the right way, the biblical way, how God wants us to respond. God bless you all that you would live for him, that you would take your cross, follow him, and that you would become more and more like God, his character, and that we may be the light to this world who desperately needs it.